As indicated by writer Eric Murath, the rapidly rebounding U.S. economy is paying off big for lower-wage workers. New jobs at restaurants, hotels, stores, salons, and similar in-person roles accounted for approximately half of all payroll gains last month, according to the Labor Department. Restaurants and other hospitality businesses added more than 340,000 jobs across the nation last month. Retailers added another 67,000. Personal services businesses, such as salons and dry cleaners, collectively chipped in another 29,000 jobs. Thanks to surging demand for their services, workers in these industries are presently experiencing larger raises than other employees. Average hourly wages for retail workers were up nearly 9% in June from February of 2020 before the pandemic tore into the fabric of the U.S. economy. Wages for restaurant and other hospitality workers were up nearly 8% over that period. By June, the average wage in the retail sector was approaching $22 per hour, while the corresponding figure in the hospitality sector now exceeds $18. In some cases, not only are hourly wages headed higher, but employers are also often hiring bonuses, including up to $1,500 to work at a particular fast food restaurant. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. There are still many unfilled job openings in America. Last month, the nation added more than 800,000 jobs, a reflection of elevated demand for workers. But there may come a time when workers will be scrambling for jobs. The reason? Technology. As indicated by writer Ben Castleman, an increase in automation, particularly in service industries, may prove to be one of the leading economic legacies of the pandemic. Businesses from factories to grocery stores and hotels to fast food outlets turned to technology last year to keep operations running amid social distancing requirements and fears of contagion. The outbreak has been ebbing in America, but now given the difficulty hiring workers that many employers are suffering, automation is getting another push forward. So when Kroger customers in Cincinnati shop online these days, their groceries may be picked out by a robot in a nearby warehouse instead of by a worker in their local supermarket. In the drive through lane at Checkers near Atlanta, requests for Big Buford burgers may not be fielded by a headset-wearing cashier, but by a voice recognition algorithm. Of course, the trend toward automation predated the pandemic, but it has accelerated at what is proving to be a critical moment in our economic history. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Many millennials are now neatly ensconced in their 30s and have faced significant economic challenges. Many came of age during the global financial crisis of 2008 and suffered through a weak economic recovery thereafter. Just as many of them found themselves back on track, a global pandemic ripped through the economy and stunted their progress. Many have also had to deal with massive amounts of student debt and other financial challenges. But there are some who have navigated through all of this and are ready to achieve the American dream of homeownership. All's well that ends well, but not so fast. As indicated by writer Julia Carpenter, a shortage of available starter homes represents yet another hurdle blocking the attainment of millennial prosperity. The supply of entry-level housing, which Freddie Mac defines as homes under 1,400 square feet, is at a five-decade low. Among the consequences are surging prices and stiff competition. The shortage of starter homes has also translated into delayed homeownership. As of 2020, the median age of a first-time homebuyer was 33 years old. That was up from 30 years old a decade ago, according to data from the National Association of Realtors. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.
If one wanted to make the claim that the labor market is performing brilliantly in America, they would have enough data to do so. After all, the nation added more than 800,000 jobs last month alone. As of May, there were 9.2 million available unfilled jobs in America, a record high. Unemployment has dipped back below 6%. In April of last year, it was approaching 15. If one wanted to make the claim that the labor market is still in pretty bad shape, they would have enough data to do so. In May, more than 9 million Americans indicated that they wanted a job and could not find one. What's more, many employers are indicating that they are having difficulty filling available positions, a source of immense frustration among restaurateurs, retailers, and others. As indicated by writers John Hilsenrath and Sarah Cheney Cambone, there are many factors explaining the contradictory messages being sent by labor market data. Here are but two. First, many workers have changed their preferences and are now pursuing remote work. As offices, hotels, and other segments reopen for normal business, finding remote work may not be so simple. Second, the economy has shifted, leading to rapid job growth in sectors such as warehousing. Many people might be looking for a different type of job. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. While many people around the world were separated from employment during the pandemic, another group worked even harder. According to a study of more than 10,000 workers at an unnamed Asian technology company, total hours worked were 30% higher than prior to the pandemic, including an 18% increase in working outside normal hours. But this extra effort failed to translate into more output. That's probably because people get tired. As indicated by The Economist magazine, trade unions and certain economists have long considered the notion of shortening the work week without reducing overall productivity. This represents the logic behind the four-day work week, which may one day become the norm in America. In Iceland, the Reykjavik City Council and the central government conducted experiments between 2015 and 2019. These experiments involved nearly 3,000 workers who reduced their working hours, many of them from 40 hours per week to around 35. According to a report summarizing the experiment's outcomes, Overall output did not decline in most workplaces and actually improved in certain others. The report also indicated that men participating in the experiment began doing a larger share of household chores. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.